Greetings and welcome to TanakhStudy.com. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. It is uh, my pleasure to be studying Sefer Divrei Hayamim with you, and today we are going to study Divrei Hayamim Aleph Perak Chaf Aleph, which follows the last three parakim which describe David's wars. And here, Vayamod Satan Yisrael. Now, this story, the first half of this story, uh, approximates the last chapter of Sefer Shmuel. Uh, but there are a whole lot of differences and a whole piece that is uh, surplus here, which is not there. And we'll mention them as we come along. Now, Satan, critical to note, Satan in Tanakh, which, by the way, almost always uh, shows up only in Bayit Sheni literature, uh, Second Temple Period literature and later, the Satan is described, uh, is, is defined here as an, an angel, a malach, whose job it is to either prosecute, point out the flaws of an individual or of Am Yisrael, or in this case to try to um, uh, uh, induce bad behavior. Uh, this is really the only case where Satan seems to have that sort of uh, a job. Now, Satan was mentioned in the, uh, the, 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 the mention of it, and on outside of the Satan low, in the interaction between the angel and Bilam about the donkey in Bamidbar Chafbet, uh, there has a different meaning, although it is related from the word listot to push aside or to stray. In any case, so the Satan here seduces David, and in Shmuelbet it's Hashem who does it, so Hashem does it through the Satan. To count the people, and evidently to count the army, which is why this seems to follow from the previous parkim. Go count Israel from the south to the north, essentially. The famous biblical borders. Come bring it to me and let me know their numbers. And Yoav, as we find in Shmuel, says, God should increase the nation a hundred times as much as they are. And they are all your servants. Why are you seeking to do this? That this will be a guilt on Yisrael. And this goes to something which is alluded to, uh, or perhaps more than alluded to, in uh, in Sefer Shmot, Perak Lamed, in the uh, Mitzvah of the Shkalim, uh, to not directly count the members of the army. But the king's words were pressing on Yoav. So Yoav went anyways, although he didn't want to do it, as we will see. Went throughout the nation and he came back to David. Now in Shmuel we get more of a description of where he went uh, and all of the different part, corners of the country. Here we skip directly to the report and the Mifkad, the counting. El David, Yisrael, Elef alafim, that's a million, umea elef, so 1.1 million ish, sholev cherev. Those are people who bear the sword. Vihuda, that's Yisrael. Vihuda, arbamiot, vishivim elef ish, sholev cherev. And Yehuda, so Yisrael and Yehuda are divided, as we saw already back in Shmuel Alef, Perakid Alef, divided for war. Yehuda has 470,000 bearers of the sword. Now these numbers do not uh, jibe with the numbers that are given in Shmuel Bet, where there's a difference of approximately 500,000, 300,000 less, uh, and therefore the Midrash uh, suggests uh, that the difference is that here there are uh, groups of 24,000 
uh, platoons of uh, miluim, basically machlakot, those who uh, who uh, sort of backup soldiers who are counted here and not there. In any case, we have another problem with the numbers, which is v'levi uvinyamin lo fakad betocham. Now we understand Yoav not counting Leishev. Levi, Levi doesn't go to war, but Binyamin he also didn't count. Because the king's words are very an abomination to Yoav. It sounds like Yoav was really reticent to do this at all. But why he counted Yehuda on the one hand, which is his own Shevet, and refused to count uh, Binyamin is a little bit strange, except for the fact that Binyamin at this point in time should be an extremely small Shevet based on the story at the end of Sefer Shoftim and that Binyamin is getting reconstituted. The other possibility is that Shevet Binyamin continues to hold a grudge against Beit David. Uh, <clears throat> if we see at the beginning of Shmuel Bet, uh, everything having to do with uh, with uh, Shaul and the death of Shaul, and specifically in the words of Shemiv ben Gera in uh, Shmuel Bet Perktet Vav, uh, that David is called Ish Hadamim and Ish Hablial, because of what happened, it could be that Yoav wanted to stay away from Binyamin. God was very angry about this, Yisrael, and he smote Israel. Now that doesn't happen yet. That's sort of the topic sentence, and now we get the details. And David's reaction to this smiting is, I have sinned, I did this terrible thing. Please forgive me, I was very foolish in doing this. And now we get the background. Hashem speaks to God, who is one of David's two court prophets. Uh, and this is uh, how it happens also in Shmuel Bet. I'm giving you three punishments, or really I'm stretching three things over you. And I'm going to give you the choice, and that's the punishment you're going to get for this crime. And we don't hear what it is yet. So God comes to David. Accept this from, from Hashem. If you have three years of famine, or three months that you're running from your enemies, or the 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 sword of your enemy that's trying to catch up with you, which of course, both of these are things that we have experienced, and specifically David in the case of running from his enemy. Or for three days to have God's sword, which means a plague. But keep in mind the vision of the sword. And God's angel, and this is something that is not mentioned in Shmuel, will be destroying throughout the nation. So go see, uh, please tell me what I should tell to my dispatcher, meaning how do I answer God? Which do you choose? What's David's answer? God I'm in terrible straits. I want to fall into God's hands. He has lots of compassion. Not in the hands of man, which means David is definitely knocked out choice two, not to be chased by his enemies. So it's either choice one, which is a famine, or choice three, which is the plague. Evidently, the illusion here was to choice three, because that's what happens. And the notion is that perhaps I can get God to change his mind, because if God is on the warpath against me, I can raise his compassion. But if it's a man who's after me, I can't. So God immediately started a plague. That is the same number we have in Shmuel. 70,000 died. And then Hashem sends a malach to destroy Yerushalayim. 
As was happening, God saw it and he pulled back. What did he see? We'll have to see. And Hashem says to the Malach HaMashchit, which reminds us of the story of Pesach, Enough, pull back. And where is the Malach? The Malach is standing at the granary of a particular Jebusite named Ornan in Shmuel Bet. He's called Aravna Yibusi, but same name. And remember that the Yevusim continued to live with Shevet Binyamin and Shevet Yehuda in Yerushalayim for many, many years, including now. Remember, at the conquest of Yerushalayim, the Yevusim tried to withstand David's attack, but the Yevusim evidently continued to live there, and he had a Goran. Now, this Goran, as we know, was on a hilltop north of the city. We'll see what happens there. David looked up, and now the Malach is hovering in the air. We're all familiar with that phrase from Haggadah Pesach. His sword was drawn in his hand, stretched out over Yerushalayim. This looks like, it sounds like some of the visions that we have in the first few chapters of Zechariah. So David and his elders were wearing sackcloth because of this this plague, and they all fell on their face in front of this vision. So David then prays to God, and he says, I'm the one who said that we should count the people. I sinned, I did evil. He points to the, all these dead people and said, this flock, what did they do? Kill me, my, my, fam, my father's house. But not a plague against the nation. And so this is now the background of how the, 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 what it is that God sees that we saw back in, uh, in Pasuk Tetvav and, uh, and therefore stopped the plague. So the Malach now speaks to God and says, Tell David, that David should raise up a Mizbeach to Hashem at this Goren. And that's what's going to stop the plague. So David follows the words of God. That he spoke in Hashem's name. So Arnan now comes back. So Ornan evidently was a very important fellow because he was able to see the Malach. His four sons with him were hiding. In the meantime, Ornan is working, uh, threshing his wheat. It's a granary. So David came to Ornan. And he saw David, and he carried Goran, and David, of course, the king, he bows to him on his face. And by the way, all almost all of this interaction is not found in Shmuel. Please give me this part is, please give me the location of this Goran. I'd like to build a Mizbeach to Hashem. That of course is borrowed from Avraham's purchase of Machpelah. Give it to me for full price. And that will stop the plague. He said, take it, just like Ephron said to Avram, just take it. And you do whatever you want here. I'm giving you my cattle. Remember, he's a farmer. 
So the cattle are what he used to plow. I'm going to give you the the ant the cattle as olot. Vamorigim laitzim, and I'm going to give you the yoke, the wood of the yoke as wood for your korban. Vachitim lamincha, and the wheat I'm going to give you for the grain offering. Hakol natati, and again the natati approximates the natati, natati, natati that we hear from Ephron to Avraham back in Bereshit Chaf Gimel. And just as Avraham did with Ornan, David says, no, I refuse to take it. I'm going to buy it for full price. I'm not going to raise up that which is yours to Hashem. And to be able to bring Korban for free, meaning I want it to be mine, and I have to purchase it for it to be mine. So on the spot, David gave Ornan 600 shekel of gold. Which, of course, Ornan is a non-Jew, could not understand Shlamim. Going cannot offer Shlamim. He called out to Hashem. Hashem answered him through the fire. How did he answer him? We assume that means the fire consumed the korban. Thus demonstrating Hashem's accepting of the korban and accepting of the location. And Hashem then commanded the malach to put his sword back into its sheaf. In other words, indicating that the plague was over. As David saw that Hashem had answered him, This is part of a continued sentence, that David saw that Hashem had answered him at the Goran Aravna, Goran Ornan, and that he brought the korban. But however, the the Mishkan of Moshe and the Mizbeach were Babamabagivon, were not here, they were in Givon, where the Bama was, the Givon that we famously hear about in the context of Shlomo in, in Paragimel of Malachim Aleph. But David could not go there to seek out God. He was afraid of this sword that had been held up there. So therefore, David did all of his prayer and everything else right here in the in the in front of Gornavna where Ornan, where he built the Mizbeach. And we have to see the first pasuk. We'll go over this in the next podcast. But the first pasuk of Chavet, because the pasuk really ends here. Vayomer David zehu beit Adonai Elohim. This is the house of Hashem, the God. And this is the Mizbeach Le'Ola Yisrael. And of course, that location is exactly the spot where David plans to, and ultimately Shlomo, his son, builds the Beit HaMikdash and the Great Mizbeach. We'll pick it up in the next podcast in Perak Bet, uh, and again go over Pasuk Aleph to uh, properly read the entire chapter. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.